Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Legend of Portalcast, a podcast dedicated to Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, and all things Avatar. Friends, and it has been a hot minute. We are back, um, and I am joined tonight by Kevin, who, Kevin, w- welcome back. He is he he has a he has a kid now and he is recovering on some sleep. Welcome back, Kevin. Hi, Colin. Thanks for having me back. Oh, it's good to hear your voice again. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have all been doing well, taking care of yourselves, staying healthy, and you know, just <laughs> keeping your head above water as best as we all can in this world that we're living in. Um, but man, I'll tell you what. With all the craziness of the world, we have a lot of good Avatar stuff that has been floating around. And today we're just going to be doing uh, a little bit of a welcome back. Just tell you what we've been up to, uh, what we're going to be doing for the next uh, couple months here, and some of the stuff that we have to look forward to. Some news that we might have missed along the way, and some exciting things that are going to be coming down the pipe for us and for just Avatar content in general. So first and foremost, we're going to dive into one of the biggest announcements that came in the last like few months was the casting announcement for the Netflix live action. Um, absolutely huge. We got finally our first look at the actors um, who are playing each of the main characters, which is pretty excellent. And first and foremost, incredibly diverse cast. Right off the bat, A plus, super thrilled about that. But the um, folks that did uh, that are cast, let me read off their names. If you haven't seen this already, I'm sure you have. But we have Gordon uh, Cormier as Ang, um, and again, I tried to find pronunciation, so I apologize if I am uh, pronouncing this incorrectly. But it is uh, Kiowen. Wentio as Katara, Ian Osley as Sokka, and Dallas Liu as Zuko. Um, Kevin, what were some of your like initial reactions to seeing this news and like hearing about this cast and seeing uh, each of the corresponding cast members uh, revealed for the first time? Just thank goodness it wasn't going the M. Night Shyamalan movie uh, direction. <laughs> I think that was the, the worry in all of our heads. And I think I mean, more than a few of us have also wondered like, why Brike uh, ditched on this project when we heard about like the creative difficulties and we're like, oh, sweet Jesus, we re- like, I hope they weren't like, we're just gonna have a bunch of whiteies do this one. It's like, oh, I'm like, I- I'm looking, I'm like, all right, cool. I, I feel like uh, they they've got like a very representative cast going. Uh, they didn't try to shoehorn anything in. I, I I I'm excited just to see it based on the fact that they're actually trying to make this happen the right way. Absolutely. And I know uh, there have been some incredible videos that I have seen of Dallas Liu, who is playing Zuko, um, (laughs) doing some martial arts. And holy crap, does that kid have some moves like absolutely incredible, like, you know, technique, just very um, it's got a lot. He like I know one of the ones it was like from when he was actually even younger. Uh, was a demonstration of forms and I mean it's very explosive has a lot of that um, energy and um, choreo that really rings a lot with that uh, northern Shaolin style that firebending is based off of and I think that just seeing him already at that point 
from a you know from a martial aspect is incredible so i think that especially for him really awesome i I also like i mean very like small note but it was really great that they also included um all their pronouns as well in terms of like the casting reveal so little simple things but super grateful that they were able to do that um but yeah i mean it's it's really gonna be super interesting um, I know that the the picture of Gordon, who's playing Aang, he looks a lot younger than he actually is. So everyone was just like, uh, like the girl who plays Katara looks significantly older than him, but they are keeping the same ages that they are in or that they did, that they did have in the show, which is really nice. Um, I'm glad that they're keeping that. Yeah, that's true, because that, that could be a whole different story then. I know that there was a rumor at one point potentially that like, you know, uh, Katara was going to be older than Sokka. But again, it's just like, it's what happens when you have people trying to speculate and <laughs> like say, well, I heard a source from somebody that knows another person who told me that this is true. It's like, no, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I mean, um, I know the Avatar world, like we're used to not having inf- any information and filling in way too many blanks, but... So uh, what's really interesting is uh, looking at the uh, one of the like big announcement articles that came out uh, from Rappler.com that I was reading through, um, it was kind of breaking down at least kind of a little bit of the sequence of events. Of course, Netflix first announced this in September 2018, um, but then in August of 2020, that was when Mike and Brian uh, said that they will no longer be part of the adaptation due to creative differences. But we also know now that they are they left because now they are working with Avatar Studios to kind of do something that's going to be more helmed of how they see it, which Mike and Brian did say, uh, or what Brian said is that what I can be certain about is whatever version ends up on the screen, it will not be what Brian and I had envisioned or intended to make. And that was Mike who said that. Um, so now the series uh, has Albert Kim, uh, who is known for Sleepy Hollow and Nikita as its uh, showrunner. Um, and uh, a, a bunch of different folks who are going to be on as uh, executive producers and directors. Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of do that. But one of the things, the quotes that really stood out to me when I was reading through this was, they said this was a chance to showcase Asian and indigenous characters as living, breathing people, not just in a cartoon, but in a world that truly exists very similar to the one we live in. And this is Albert Kim uh, the showrunner who said this, which when I read that was very interesting because I think the first part of it, I agree with the sentiment, but the phrasing and the words that he used towards the end, but in a world that truly exists very similar to the one we live in, that I feel like is the indicator of what may have been different from what Mike and Brian wanted to see, because it sounds like they're trying to make it a little bit more like closer to our own world instead of the fantasy world that it actually is. I don't know. You think I'm extrapolating too far? What's your take on that? No, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's one of those. I'm like, I get it. It's like when you actually look at Dallas Lou's, um, you know, IMDB page, it's like one of those things where I get it. They don't want it to look like they're just trying to make Asian characters fit a Kung Fu movie. Yeah, and just just for the sake of having Asian representation, um, you know, just to shoehorn it in. But to your point, it's like so. I get that first part. It's that last one where I'm like, I'm with you. It's like because I think the worry as well for 
I mean, Breik, they were even saying on the, the Nick podcast for this is, you know, they don't want to go, they don't want to tell too close of a story to what the real world is. Because um, I think you lose so much creative, like, outlets once you start doing that. Once you try trying to make it a, um, you know, marrying something that's happening in the world. Are you trying to be political about it? Are you trying to do something else? It's like it, maybe you, you kind of cross in my mind that barrier between fantasy and the real world. And if you get too close to the real world, all of a sudden, it, you know, you might rub some people the wrong way. You might, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I think that one, that line leaves so much to interpret that I'd want to see what he means by this. Mm. Absolutely. And I mean, the thing is, the showrunner is the one who really kind of like dictates a lot of the overall vision, style and aesthetic of the show. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, kind of where Albert Kim brings that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're still going to be reviewing that when it comes out. It's going to be great, regardless to see any kind of Avatar content uh, that is live action and new, as long as it's not, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, which we're already, again, as we said, is already better than what it was before because it is a diverse cast. <laughs> so we're already, we're already uh, you know, past a little bit of that bar that was, uh, you know, set so incredibly low by uh, by the, the movie he, that If he calls him Euro, I'm out. That's, that, that will be said. <laughs> oh, no. Ong. <laughs> um, so the the last thing too that I want to kind of mention with this is that um, just recently Netflix actually just released their first trailer. Well, it's kind of a trailer, but it's the opening sequence to their live action Cowboy Bebop show. Now, I think that this was going to be the big litmus test in terms of what we were going to potentially expect with Avatar the last airbender this kind of netflix live action ad- adaptation because you know we had seen the death note adaptation that netflix did wasn't super impressed uh, they i think were lacking in terms of like overall vision and some of the execution of the special effects but you know one of the big things that we always talked about previously on this podcast and you know my own personal opinion as well and for it to succeed was for them to not try to make it too real and to try and really lean into the stylistic uh, aspects of working in a fantasy world like this. Be, you know, generous with the colors, with the certain, like, you know, types of action uh, signifiers, whether that is, like, you know, you know, not necessarily, like, you know, showing the pow and kablam like you would with a comic, but, you know, being willing to kind of push the envelope a little bit in terms of what uh, you can show. And the Cowboy Bebop trailer looks pretty incredible from a stylistic standpoint. They really seem like they went to some really interesting places with the wardrobe, with the color correction, uh, with a lot of the set design and the overall uh, CGI that they implemented. So I feel pretty good about it. And I think that, you know, they have the budget and they have the capability. It's a matter of, what is Albert Kim going to do with this vision and how they're going to execute it as an overall production team? Okay. Um, so, you know, as as we said, there's been some big Avatar news that's been happening over the last few months. And another piece that uh, we were blessed with was, my goodness, this Avatar The Last Airbender tabletop game. 
um, which if you have not checked that out yet, we're going to provide a link in our show notes for both this and that article we were just mentioning as well. So this role-playing game, it it was uh, created by Magpie Games, who has done some pretty cool uh, tabletop games. And they uh, have created the officially licensed tabletop role-playing game set in the world of Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra called Avatar Legends, the role-playing game. So this is what seems to be an absolutely, like, just full intensive role-playing set for, uh, like, a whole for the avatar world it looks absolutely incredible all of their stretch goals they met um some of those included uh you know different source books um they had digital rewards dice packs character creation sheets they had even like you know some like swag and merch and everything that went with that but what's really fascinating is that they you know presented a lot of these different characters that you could play in the different eras that you could play but kevin you know what were what were some of your takeaways from uh this whole kickstarter seeing it go through how fast they raised all that money what what were some of your uh takeaways Uh, so i am not the number one like tabletop rpg person but i saw avatar game and needed no no more um (laughs) because i just want to get in on it support the team um, and the fact that I was just bringing up the stats, almost 80, over 81,000 backers, over $9.5 million in what they said it was like one of the top 10, if not very close uh, ever in Kickstarter history. Mm-hmm. People like Avatar. People want Avatar. I don't know why it's getting complicated. I think we keep forgetting about this. <laughs> um, and it just seems so cool. It seems like there's so much you can do with it. Like you'll never, ever have two games the same way with the amount of content they have out there. Like, this is so cool. And they and they even tried to sweeten the pot by giving you, like, a free PDF in advance. Like, hey, don't you want to try this? Don't you want to play? Um, I think, I mean, all those stats aside, I think the coolest thing ever was they sent out a thing to backers. I ended up on the Otter Penguin because it, you got a silly amount for your money, um, in my mind, was that they because of all the stretch goals that they had um, reached and because of all the things that they pledged, I think they said like there wasn't enough cardboard in the United States to print it all or something like that. Like it was something crazy (laughs) where you're just like, what? (laughs) I think it just goes to me. It just shows how much people want to show their love of avatar. Like this is a, this is a fandom that, that has been itching for this for years, I feel like. And it clearly showed. Um, and I would hope that at this point, it, the message is loud and clear. The fans want more, and there are still fan, and they're not. Not only are there quote unquote still fans, there's way more fans than they ever would have known are out there. I feel like the the, the Netflix um, picking up the old show really just opened the door to what everyone is like. Oh yeah, this is the show that you want to watch again. This is the show that you want to be a part of. Oh, that was an awesome community. Um, to me, my my vote, my feeling of this is this is kind of my way of being a part of the community as well. Um, and then, like, I'll bring it to, like, a tournament, you know, like, someplace I'm hanging out, and someone will be like, oh, sweet, you like Avatar 2? And be like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And, and this is from someone who's, like, you know, doesn't really play many tabletop RPGs. Um, I'd be curious how people who really play are uh, wondering how this is going to pan out. Mm. 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm 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 just so pumped. I'm currently playing three different games of D and D right now. I'm DMing one campaign, and I'm a player in two others. And honestly, like I, you know, it's it's something where I have always wanted to have something set in this. We've done like you know, there's obviously the system that you know Alex Tanner did that adapted directly from D and D five e. But to be fair, that is like five e is. A great system but I don't know if it was really meant for something like that so I think that it's going to be really interesting to see a game that is truly built specifically for this and I think what I really appreciate for everything that they've shown us is that they actually are including a lot of options for benders and non-benders alike so again for example they share some of like the different characters that you could play. They say you could be an earthbender from Bossing Say who wishes to solve the mysteries of the Avatar, a firebender from the colonies who is trying to heal the wounds of war, a swordsman from the Southern Water Tribe who wants to travel the world, or a technologist from the Republic City who swore to never again allow a tyrant to take power. So they're giving all of these different types of characters uh, like an opportunity to be able to exist in these worlds. And as I said earlier, all the different eras to play. You can play in Kiyoshi's era, which is, of course, centered around the events right after the Shadow of Kiyoshi, Roku's era during the few years after Fire Lord Sozin came into power, the Hundred Year War era, Aang's era, or even Korra's era. So it's going to be really, really interesting to be able to kind of drop into all of these different points in the timeline of the Avatar world and you know, all the different games, like you said, you're, you're not going to have a, a, like the same game twice. So I'm just really excited to see what they put together, how it's all going to be uh, kind of put together and how it's all going to work. And if you guys want to learn more about that, they are still accepting late pledges. So if you are still interested in that, you can go ahead and check the link in our show notes. If you are a fan of tabletop games, Dungeons and Dragons, role-playing games, you got to check this out because it just looks like it is going to be incredible. And again, as we said, this was an original goal of $50,000, and they raised $9.5 million. (laughs) Like, absolutely insane. It is just, uh, you, you really love to see it. And I just, echoing everything that you said, Kevin, I think it's so wonderful that we are seeing truly the amount of enthusiasm and love for Avatar on full display, not only with the numbers from people watching it on when it was on Netflix, but also the amount of donations that came through. These are critical role numbers in terms of like donation levels. When Critical Role, a very popular Dungeons and Dragons uh, podcast and live play, uh, when they wanted to make their like animated series, like blew past their initial goal by like millions of dollars and again this is i think just a testament to show that there is such a loyal and fervent community out there i also like your double pun it really was almost like a critical roll they only needed fifty thousand dollars and they rolled 9.5 mil (laughs) nat 20s across the board i love it Um, All right. So, uh, of course, some of the other things that have come out in this time, uh, we've got little, very little news about Avatar Studios. They've really been keeping things under wraps. I feel like it is going to, 
they're potentially going to announce something at New York Comic Con. Um, I was potentially going to go, but I, with everything going on, um, that was uh, something I decided not to do, uh, unfortunately, but also to stay safe. And it was also uh, a lot of money. And my goodness, uh, you know, times are the way that they are. But doesn't mean that we're not going to hear about it because one of the big events that's going to be happening at New York Comic Con is that the uh, new podcast that has been out now for a few months uh, that is featuring Janet Varney and Dante Bosco, the voice of Cora and Zuko, respectively, have uh, been like going through their new podcast, Braving the Elements. Um, so it is a show that where they are featuring a ton of different interviews with all these different folks who were all part of the show. Um, my personal favorite episode that I've enjoyed the most has been the one where they interviewed Brian uh, Kanitsko and Sifu Kisu. Um, they talk about really the origins of the bending system, uh, Brian's own martial arts journey when he first moved out to LA. And it's just a lot of really wonderful kind of like back background and backstory to how they got to the incredible diversity that was the bending and the martial arts forms shown in the show. I agree. That was my favorite so far. I thought it was really cool how they linked up the martial arts moves with the animation and then back and forth. Like it was a conversation. It wasn't just a one way thing. Yeah. And just hearing them talk about the creative process in terms of like how it went from, you know, the idea of like, you know, Brian actually training and wanting to like, you know, be able to communicate that and be able to draw it in a certain way. And one of the things that he said that really stuck out to me was that, you know, he continually said a lot of the other artists that also trained, he's like, you know, if you are an artist and you do something like this, if you train, if you get in these physical movements, you just draw that movement so much more true to life because you know how it feels. And uh, it's definitely really cool to hear that. Um, so if you haven't already checked that out, but the reason we bring that up is that they are going to be at New York Comic Con. They're going to be doing a live episode there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they take that opportunity to be able to announce any news for Avatar Studios because we're kind of overdue. And uh, we'll kind of get into this a little bit, but you know we don't really have anything besides the mystery of Avatar Studios and the Netflix live action show on the docket for Avatar for the first time in a long time. Because so far we have seen actually in the last, this past year, three uh, standalone uh, like little gr mini graphic novels come out. Uh, we've seen Katara and the Pirate Silver, Toph's Metal Bending Academy, and Suki Alone. So, you know, we have seen up to this point but there has not been an announcement for any other future books, comics, or anything. We are all just waiting only on the Avatar Studios and what they're going to have. And I think that it's going to not only be like a movie. I think they're going to have like multiple amounts of media across the board. I think they're just keeping it close to their chest. And they're going to just kind of really roll it out in a really big uh, kind of showboaty way to really you know, bring in a lot of eyes and ears to it. I think it makes sense. Also because I really want it to be, so. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, please, please. <laughs> um, so 
you know, that's that's uh, that's some of the stuff that has happened. And again, lots of Avatar content to be able to go back and check out. And especially if you are going to be getting any of these graphic novels or the uh, Kyoshi books, you know, I, if you have the opportunity, support your local bookstore, comic bookstore, because, man, um, it has been a tough life for those uh, small, like, you know, bookstore and comic uh, store owners over the course of the pandemic. And if you're going to get these books and if you have the means to be able to do it, go out there and support your local shops. And, you know, if they don't have it immediately, see if they can order it for you, because that is something that I'm sure that they are more than happy to do and would be thrilled to be able to help you out with. Um, so, you know, that's that's just a little bit of my rant. You know, I, I don't want to support Amazon at all unless I absolutely have to. And rant, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> hey, these people, they, they've been pumping out all the Avatar content they can't, you know, or providing it for us. I think it's the least we can do. Plus, I think it's just really cool reading these, in per, you know, with your hands on them and knowing that you could go and actually, you know, it's like going to a record store too. Same idea yeah. in my book. Absolutely. Um, so with all of that out, if you haven't checked that out, be sure to check that out. But you're probably wondering, all right, you guys are back. What next? So we're here to tell you about what is on the horizon for the Legend of Portal cast and what we're going to be diving into. So, of course, we have not forgotten about Legend of Korra. We are going to be finishing our book two review uh, over the next uh, month. So starting in October, that is when we will be wrapping up our book two discussion as we go through the last three episodes of book two spirits and then we're going to get into oh boy almighty i'm ready for it book three of legend of korra my own personal favorite out of any of the seasons of avatar korra so i'm so geared up and ready to do that um we are also going to be diving into some of the graphic novels as well katara and the pirate silver toff metal bending academy and suki alone as well as eventually getting into some of the older ones that we have not done a deep dive with we're going to be hopefully seeing some familiar faces or hearing some familiar voices that we had uh, had on the podcast before. Big uh, friend of the show, uh, Fran from A Healthy Dose of Fran, which, by the way, if you're also looking for more content, check out her stuff. She has a whole YouTube channel that has a ton of great videos. She has been fueling this content train uh, all throughout the pandemic as well that uh, I've been super grateful for. And also check out our sister podcast, Beyond Bending, who is also making their return uh, this fall. So be sure to check them out, support them, and uh, support all the folks who are given this really incredible analysis. But we are going to be, in October, looking into Korra Book 2 and these graphic novels. So be sure to stay tuned and uh, keep an eye out for that. Kevin, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit before. I mean, you... You, you've kind of gone through, uh, you know, some big changes now. Like what's, you know, without kind of giving too much away before we really dive into a lot of the reviews, you kind of mentioned uh, in the Discord, like your experience watching has kind of changed. That is, oh, well, thank you for the the tag back. Uh, yeah, it's, it's wild uh, having a kid um, who's thankfully doing great and then rewatching this show. I have such an appreciation like the Zuko storyline is awesome. It is so much better when you watch it again and again and again. But uh, <laughs> um, just like in his interaction with Iroh, it's like you just have such a an appreciation for the story that they built here. And I can't wait 
to rewatch through Korra yet again because I feel like you get to learn so much more about a show versus when you just kind of gun run it or like and only watch it one time. And I feel like especially for Avatar, I feel like I, I can concentrate more on the the B you know quote unquote B plots or the side plots and where they're going and how they relate. Um, but I tell you what, it, it really has like imparted a lot onto me now. Like especially watching uh, Iroh through again. If you thought, you know, everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's the wise uncle. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He is super wise. Watch this show again. And if I think if you took all his advice, you would do pretty decent as a human. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it just it. I think that's what I loved about the show the first time through. And now rewatching it, I appreciate even more is that it teaches lessons without um, having to teach you the lesson. Like it, it doesn't try to shove anything down your throat. It just it tries to present a great story with good characters um and the redemption arc that is zuko is incredible when you watch it through all in a sitting it's like i think i watched this one through more with an eye towards what zuko was doing and it made me kind of um look back on my life and the you know as the nick podcast they always ask like what element are you i'm definitely a firebender uh (laughs) i just i have that like that fire in in me and like that temper and like i identified so much with zuko um, especially in those days in which I had no sleep and basically all I felt was like <laughs> was like Zuko just like thrashing out and just and then kind of Iroh like almost <laughs> being like the voice mirror like no it's okay no this will work and I'm like oh god I love that show um, I was gonna wonder if you if you felt like the uh, the gang during the chase <laughs> oh my god that's such a great point I, I've I've never identified so much with a character more than that episode um, it's so true it, it's so true but uh but it, it, I had a, such an appreciation for the show, and it's like one of those things where I really can't wait to show this show to my kid or kids or however that works out, um, or other people have kids, because I think the lessons that you learn from Avatar, both as an adult, as a parent, and I think as a kid, are there. Um, and it doesn't have to try too hard. Um, and you really appreciate a show like this versus ones on Netflix where you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we watched it this weekend. Okay, yeah, another home rehab show. Yeah, yeah, we, we put it on. Um, but we didn't really watch. You watch Avatar. Um, and I think that's the cool thing to me about the show is that it, it still has staying power. And, and by not being set, you know, I'm just, just saying to Albert Kim, um, by not being set in what is the world, you know, our world, you don't date it. Um, like Avatar is a pretty timeless thing because, and even Korra as well, it's not trying to be our world. It's its own world. Um, so there isn't a time. But that's me. Um, but thank you for that. It's, uh, I, I, if you haven't recently, I say rewatch the show. It is worth it. And I'll say that every time though. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, dude, that's awesome. I'm really, I'm really excited. And honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons why we brought this podcast back was for the new perspectives that we have, uh, with this show. And, you know, uh, it was interesting because when we originally had the old podcast, you know, and then to when we started out, you know, again, Susan really had a lot of the insight with, you know, her two kids, but it's just, it's been, uh, you know, fascinating to hear this from you now. And then just, just kind of, as we go through it again, uh, getting to hear more of that perspective from you as, uh, you know, your life has changed in a big way. And I, I love that. And I think that it's, again, as we've said many times on this podcast, it is a testament to how incredibly just expansive this show is with the the folks that it impacts and connects with. Um, 
So, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this little short episode as we kind of welcome you back. Again, thank you all so much for sticking with us. Thank you so much for listening. And we appreciate you guys so much. Um, If you want to join the conversation farther, uh, we are still on our Discord. You can find that link in our show notes and join the conversation with us. Uh, We've been kind of getting into uh, some interesting theories as of late. Uh, I know Susan and Fran were kind of bouncing back and forth. So I'm really excited to see where a lot of that goes. And a big shout out to all the people who have been keeping our Discord living and thriving uh, during our hiatus. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much. And uh, we are so excited to be back in the action. Excited to dive back into Korra Book 2 and these new graphic novels and for all that new Avatar content that's on the horizon. We're going to be here for it. Guys, remember, you can find us on all those social medias. Twitter, at PortalCastPod. Facebook and Instagram, at Legend of PortalCast. And you can find our website at LegendOfPortalCast.com. And if you're listening to us through Spotify, you know you can find us there. Or through Apple Podcasts. Or you can listen directly on our website, whatever floats your boat, or whatever podcast listening software you use. And if you are there, and if you can, and that software allows you to, leave us a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you guys think of the show and where you would like to hear about next. So guys, thank you so much. We will catch you next time. And until then, let us leave. <laughs>